On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about part of the Packers playing part of the Ravens. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. by Rasul Douglas and the Packers are going to win it A.J. Green was the target and he never looked for the ball Hey there everybody and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast this is Ryan joined as always by Josh and Dan hello gents hello hey how we doing (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of something funny to say and that's what I came up with all right. Well, you got about three more weeks, Dan. So let's uh, figure it out for the next preview pod. I'm running but, out of material. Uh, it's just this game is I man, it's already getting a little weird. The NFL in general, NBA, NHL, everybody is dealing with COVID issues, and that includes the Packers, where for sure Kenny Clark will not be available for the Packers. Uh. It's just uh, we made jokes about how Ravens Packers were the top two most injured teams in the NFL. And Dan, you looked at the injury report and it scrolls. It is 100 oh percent true that these two teams have put up with a lot of shits. So the fact that both of them are in playoff positions is actually kind of incredible. The injury report on ESPN.com where they list every team's injured players. Most teams you can fit within a single page, and the Ravens require scrolling. And then you go to their depth chart, and they put a red Q or O or IR next to injured players. It is just littered with red markings. Like their entire backup offensive line, their entire second string of linemen all have Qs or Os next to their name. <laughs> it's, I, if, if Packer fans can feel bad for one team, it's the Ravens because they have it worse off than us. Yeah, and you know – People have been downgrading the Ravens lately. I mean, yes, they have lost a majority of their games as of lately. You know, and I think in the past five or six games, they've gotten their four losses. But I still like this team. You know, they got a good core. They got good coaches. They always have a good game plan and know how to control the clock to a certain extent uh, with the talent given. So I, they're still they're still dangerous, boys. It's dangerous. the two most injured teams on that. I think it was an ESPN article that was shared out where they ranked every team's injuries and like health factor, and they gave it a score index. We were second to last, and the Ravens were last, and yet we both have winning records. Yeah, it's silly, and and let's just jump right into it. The game is a, a afternoon game in Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens started the season hot, even though I think it wasn't even before the regular season started that they lost like four running backs in a row, which is unbelievable. And as Josh mentioned, the last seven weeks they've gone three and four and includes losses at the Dolphins and then back-to-back losses as of recently to the Steelers and Browns, granted they went through a hell of a road trip four out of their last five games, and they were squeaking by. They were making things happen. Uh, you got Tucker, who has the best leg in the NFL, that has single-handedly won them multiple games this year. But here comes the Packers, who have seemed to have kind of uh, gotten back on track 
after that Vikings loss, they they seem like they've gotten things together in terms of offense for sure, scoring 36 and 45. But now they face a Ravens defense that all things considered are still a Baltimore stereotypical defense. Prototypical Ravens defense, edge rushers. What do you, what else do you think of like edge rushers and middle linebackers, right? They just seem mm-hmm. to always produce and corners. Them. Well, those guys are all on the IR, but the guys that are on the field, edge rushers and middle linebackers. So you'll, if Kalias Campbell can play, he's the six, eight tower that will line up all over on the defensive line and cause you problems. Uh, Tyus Bauer, Bowser, excuse me, and Patrick Queen in the linebacker core. And then they got the young rookie, uh, Jason Owe, who reclassified his name to Odafe Owe. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, once he got drafted. That was the guy that ran like a four three eight forty yard dash or just something ridiculous as a two hundred and forty pound human being. So they, they got a lot of as a gunner at times on punt return. Or on punt are coverage. they still doing that? They do it every now and then. It's fucking oh insane to watch. Goodness. Well, good. Our special teams is so solid. I'm not concerned about that at all. Uh, but yeah, they've got the athletes. You know, if, if we've got Nijman and uh, Dennis Kelly out there at tackle, um, they're just going to have to be solid again. A lot of playmakers, but I think when it boils down to game planning, you just got to attack the secondary. And luckily, you know, we're healthy in that world where, you know, Aaron Rodgers in the receiving core. Uh, Chuck Clark was the only remaining secondary player from their week one starters, if I have that correct. And he's out for this week. So they're down to like both corners and both safeties were not their week one starters. They're not their preferred starters. Anthony Averett is the top corner. And, you know, he had a pick last week against Baker Mayfield, but you look beyond that and it's a lot of guys you need, you need to just go directly after. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. You know, I, I'm so interested to see their game plan with all of their starting. I think they said all of their starting secondary is out um, for this game. Yeah, that's, that's what I just said from week yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's insane. So, so what is the strategy that they go with? Do they just lay off and hope that they, you know, play some, play some little weak zone and hope they get to Rogers? Um, you know, sure. I, like you said, Kalias Campbell, that I think he's the key. If he plays, he's going to be an issue up front. I mean, yes, our line has been doing well, but Kalias Campbell's another beast. You know, he, he's a guy that could take on double teams with ease. So if he's in there, I, I'm a little worried to see how the Packers have success. Obviously, you know, quick plays, get it out of your hands quick. Um, don't I, honestly, I don't really care about the deep ball in this game because I think they can beat the corners without that. So and the secondary in general. So yeah, I, I'm scared about the up front and linebackers, but th- there'd be plenty of space. Well, they've been taking those deep shots like in rhythm, in cadence, where Rodgers is still getting the ball out of his hands in less than two and a half seconds. So if you're the Ravens, I want to create some pressure to relieve, you know, some some pressure from the secondary, no pun intended. Uh, But are you willing to blitz Aaron Rodgers and force him to get the ball out quicker, where statistically he's he's more productive when he gets the ball out quick? I think they're in a catch 22 there. I think the Packers have no excuse to not put up 30 points. Yeah, and I think I think it's all good points, and I wouldn't be surprised if if I had to guess that they just load up that box and to just keep doing what they know they can do best, which is uh, rush defense. They are number one in the league. They're only giving up 85 yards a game, and, and you think about especially as of late 
where they've been losing games, so you're going to have opponents that are going to be running the ball more, they still have the lowest rushes against in the entire NFL. And so I, I kind of think that it is about how can we take advantage of this Packers O-line, which isn't quite steady yet. Bakhtiari for sure will not be back again this week. Uh, I just think they have to do it and just kind of pray that a guy by the name of Devontae Adams doesn't go off, that Lazard doesn't have back-to-back stellar games, that MVS doesn't get that home run ball that we've been kind of waiting for patiently. So it's it's not a great situation for the Ravens, but I'm going to bring up the game, a guy that we, I think, talked about uh, multiple times, Patrick Queen, uh, who we all thought the Packers were jumping up in the love draft to get, is number one in tackles, number one in tackles for loss. He's got his sacks. He's got his forced fumbles. It's He's so fun to watch, and I don't even think he's hit the peak of his ability as a football player, which is saying something for how a guy can be leading a playoff team in a lot of defensive categories and still not be where he needs to be. But I, I just – I. It's going to be one of those things. This offensive line has to hold together as well as possible if the Packers want to have a chance. How good would Patrick Queen look in this defense? (sighs) Well, we wouldn't have Campbell probably if we had Patrick Queen. Oh, no. I don't know. Maybe you'd have both of them. But just insert (sighs) Patrick Queen into this defense because Jordan Love, knock on wood, has not seen the field. So if you could have just stayed where you were and drafted Queen, put him next to Devondre. Oh, man. Oh boy. So let's rehash yeah, I, that. I, Go Patrick pack. Queen. I, I can't wait to watch him play. You know, <laughs> I, I think he, he he's being asked to do too much for Baltimore right now just because they're so hurt. So they have him doing a lot of different things in weird areas of the field. Um so you know, he, he's not in his prime because I don't think he's been in a great position yet in his career. So I, I think they're getting close to having, you know, a great defense around him to where he can become a playmaker again. Um, and I think we'll see that in the future. But uh, this week, I, I think he might get covered up a bit. I love from your lips to God's ears because holy moly, he's a good player. So let's turn our attention to this Baltimore offense that it seemed as though Lamar was not going to be available from how he was taken off the field just a week ago. But it sounds like no practice, just play, and they're going to give it a go. And his stats, I mean, it's... It's interesting, 16 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, but then he also has over 300 yards more than Devontae uh, Freeman, which, uh, granted, uh, Freeman hasn't been playing with them the entire time. But here's a guy that is is slowly but surely getting into that top two conversation year in and year out in his position. Mark Andrews about to push 1,000 yards the season six touchdowns the big boy just keeps getting it done uh, and Hollywood Brown has finally started to creep back into what we saw glimpses of uh, earlier in his career so what do we make from this Baltimore offense knowing we'll be without Kenny Clark and knowing that when in the past we struggled it's technically been with the tight ends and that's their number one go-to option you know I'm so excited to talk about the Ravens because I used to talk crap on Lamar Jackson all the time. And he proved me wrong 100%. Like, the talent of that guy blows my mind when you watch him play. Not only is he a fantastic thrower and reader of the field, but he can also just run better than any running back in the league probably. I mean, he can run over people. He has the physicality of a running back. (laughs) 
Um, it, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing that he has kept the consistency of his play through the time. So that being said, if this guy plays, I'm worried it will be a close game just because he can create big plays in an instant. If he feels the need that something needs to be done, he can find a way for it to be done. So if he's playing, I think it's a close game. Um, but like you said, you know, other than Mark Andrews, I'm not scared of this team. Marquis Brown, yes, he's having a nice season, but Stokes can handle him. He will be just fine covering Hollywood Brown. So, yeah, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, watch out. But the rest of the team, meh. Meh. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, if he plays, he's obviously good enough to go, and he makes – Every athlete on the field who are already elite athletes when it comes to, you know, human beings in the world, he makes them look pretty average. Like he is just that much better of an athlete. Uh, it'd be funny, like the way he jukes guys out almost reminds me of Devontae with his yards after the catch. And I'd love to just see you throw Devontae at middle linebacker and be like, you two can play basketball against each other. <laughs> I just need I just need Devontae tackling. It's like Josh's approach to special teams. We'll put all of our starters out there. Just have Devontae be a two-way player this week. Hey, I like it. I like it. But, uh, yeah, I I hope he plays because I really want to see how this defense matches up. I really want to see schematically what they do to try to address that. Uh, not just without Kenny Clark, but, you know, do you spy him with a middle linebacker? Do you go heavy zone so your secondary can keep their eyes on the quarterback as well? Uh, it'd be really interesting if he's playing. Talk about a well-coached team. You know, they have built this team around the athletic quarterback. They do a, a ton of motion, pre-play, mid-play, you know, uh, football terms like gap integrity and sure tackling become of the utmost importance this week. Because if you're going to rush the passer, you better not get out of your lane. You know, if you're going to drop into a zone or be playing man coverage, you might have to stick onto a man for five, six, seven seconds, and they might still be throwing the football. And then if you get a hand on Lamar, you got to bring him down. Like if if you miss a tackle, all of a sudden he could be running for forty yards. On the flip side of it, if he can't play, I went back and watched. You know, I guess I'll say with Lamar Jackson against the Browns last week, the Browns were in a must-win situation, and the Browns were up twenty-four to six at halftime. So it wasn't like Lamar was, you know, scorched earth playing amazing. But it, it's an exciting style of football to watch. It doesn't always translate to points, but because the team is so well coached and they know who they are, the backup can do the same thing. Tyler Huntley comes in and he leads a comeback. He's also mobile. He'll also juke some guys, but where I'd rather see the Packer defense strategize around him. If he's the starter is, um, a just make him stay in the pocket. You know, when he threw the ball, he's just not a seasoned passer. So there were a lot of inaccuracies on short passes. He was inaccurate on long passes. He was overshooting his guys. Um, he's just not seasoned there. So maybe rush four. I, I think three's too little. Cause then he can escape the pocket, but rush four in that sort of a half-hearted way, right, where you're just kind of keeping him locked into the pocket and not really trying to get to him, and just let the secondary, uh, you know, try to get after it and get some interceptions. Um, I'd rather see Lamar play, though. I mean, I I want to see that test because you're right, Ryan. It, the way he can extend a play and then, you know, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, all those receivers, they can get open if they got enough time for sure. But you get the ball to Mark Andrews, and, and that's been our weakness historically. And Mark Andrews will run through dudes, run around dudes. Mm -hmm. 
he was like the motivating factor in the second half against the Browns, kind of leading the the comeback. He almost had like that Kittle vibe to him where he carried guys on his back and did the pump-up celebrations afterwards. He was the emotional leader too. So if you see this team down, you know, 10 points to the Packers, don't be surprised if they start trying to force-feed the ball to Mark Andrews. Yeah, Kittle, Kelsey, anybody, any of those guys that just demand the ball late in games if they need to win it, he's he's now up there, and he's gained confidence from everybody in the staff and Lamar Jackson himself. And I think back to the Bears game one week ago where we didn't quite shadow fields and he burnt us. I don't care if Lamar Jackson is hopping on one foot down the field. We cannot have that this week. It, and, and the thing about Lamar, too, is when he throws and it's not a good throw, it is maybe one of the worst in the league. He will right. give he will give some lame duck throws that you go, hold on a second. What the hell is he looking at? And so to have somebody like Campbell underneath just following the play, to be aware of somebody like Stokes and Heyo Rasul Douglas that have gotten very good at undercutting routes, there is some opportunities for this defense if he is a little bit slower and he's not able to kind of get as much energy behind a throw. He already has bad throws as it is. Now add in a bum ankle, and that only hurts the situation more. So I would hope that we almost play it like normal for the first quarter and we can adjust from there how we attack this this defense but allowing them to chip away with underneath routes is going to be the demise of the Packers if they let it happen uh but I I also feel very very confident that while Aaron Rodgers could go really really crazy in yards that we could see one of those games where this defense just puts together an all-around solid game uh and, and so it's it's just so tough to tell in the NFL because every injury and every player is questionable and you don't know what you're going to get. But there's there's a lot of playmakers still left in this Ravens offense. Who uh, who would be your player to pick to shadow? <sighs> Campbell. I mean, Campbell. I want him. Campbell. Come yeah, on, Campbell baby. is the best. He, I mean, and I would think he's, he's one enough? step. Eh, but he he's reads plays enough. well. He reads you can't put Savage well. on him. He'll just bounce right off. Can you put Henry Black on him? And after mm. what I saw last week. <laughs> <laughs> so before we transition to our predictions for this game, I wanted to let you know, guys know that the Baltimore Ravens have the number one special teams group in the NFL. Do we have any fear of that? Oh, I thought we might no, have to I didn't even watch week. their special teams. <laughs> you don't have to. Their coach is a former special teams coach who was a star at that position. Like. But what about the storyline of this is the week the Packers figure it out? No. no. They're going to go from their <laughs> worst, worst game ever to not only getting burnt. Oh, man. I but, oh, like, Doing man. well no, against this, the better this special is a, teams. This is a systemic problem. This is a, this is a coach that learned from the previous special teams coach. We didn't even go outside. It's a problem. Like, we need a new coach. Systemic. I like that word. Big words here today. Yeah. So, uh. Ravens have the best average return for punts in the NFL. Oh, I did not know that. Whoa. So touchdown. Yeah. Uh, uh, so with that, now we brought this, we brought this podcast up and then we came to a screeching halt. And now let's talk about predictions, which I will remind you, regardless of what happens in the Vikings game this week, if the Green Bay Packers get a win, they win the North. Keep that in mind as well. So what do we think for Green Bay Packers at Ravens at a 3.30 central kickoff? All right. 
Well, I did change my score just because of that stat you gave about the punt. I added a touchdown. I'm going to do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, because the Packers gave up the first one of the year, I mean, come on with that. Yeah, it's happening. But anyways, Packers win. I think they do have a chance to win big, um, especially if Lamar is not there. Um, If the big plays aren't happening for the Ravens, I don't think they have a chance to stay in this game. Um, Our defense is too good and plays too consistent uh, for you not to capitalize on one or two big plays to stay up and keep up with Aaron Rodgers. Um, With that said, Packers 31 to 20. I did have 13, but 31 to 20 with MVP being Campbell. I had it written before you guys said all your notes. I think he is going to be the guy that spies on Lamar or Huntley. Huntley's a runner, too. So, and the way I think he does it, we saw it previously this year, how he hides behind the defense alignment and just sort of watches and picks a gap when that quarterback moves. I think it was Russell Wilson. He did it really well against when he was injured. Um, But with that being said, he's going to kill it. I think he gets a turnover and a ton of tackles. Um, Packers big. Here we go. If Huntley's the starter, he carried the football like Mercedes Lewis did that one time. Oh, yeah. Two fumbles. Two fumbles. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sure Devondre sees that and is going to be poking at that ball because he did not secure the ball. Um, so I like that pick of Devondre. I would, I'd be interested if he can shadow a Lamar, but I would put him up against Huntley and then to have, uh, you know, a 10 tackle, one force fumble kind of day is very realistic. And I'm actually looking at the spread and I think it started lower than this, but the site I'm looking at right now has it minus seven. And I have a feeling we started at like five and a half, if I'm recalling correctly. So, I think Vegas might be adjusting to Lamar not even practicing today, which is Friday, which was a walkthrough. So we might be seeing Huntley. Uh, but I did the same thing Josh just did with Ryan's punt return statistics. Uh, I'll give him an extra touchdown. So I had a similar score. I was going to go Packers 31-17, but I'll take that field goal into a touchdown. I'll go Packers 31-21. We both have them covering the spread. We both initially were thinking they could run away with this. I think – they're just a little too banged up. I know they're competitive. I know they're going to come out with a game plan that's built for the players on their field. You know, their their coaching staff is just amazing. And that sounds like a dumb statement, but I don't think every coach builds a game plan for the players on their field. I think a lot of them have their system and they just keep trying to get players that fit their system. But I'd really think it'd be cool if you like flew in every injured player from both teams and you just lined them up on the field before kickoff. Like that line of people would be amazing. That'd be bunch interesting of to see. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins. You know, you'd have Tunyon and Bakhtiari, and you'd have a bunch of pro bowlers out there. You'd have a great team lined up there in their sweats. It'd be kind of funny. But to, I got Packers 31, Ravens 21. And my MVP, I'm just going to keep saying it until he actually is, MVS. You got this beat-up secondary that's got to focus <laughs> on Devontae. Uh, come on, man. Peak at the right time. You peaked in the playoffs. Get last into year. existence. Yeah, you know he peaked in the playoffs last year. Let's let's peak. Like you got four weeks to build up to the playoffs here. This would be a great game to have a couple big catches. I don't like the fact that we had scores that were so close because usually when we are all aligned, it only spells trouble. Because I had thirty seventeen Packers. Uh, I think the Packers are going to get into the thirties as they have the last three weeks. I don't necessarily trust this this. Um, Ravens offense that as of late has sputtered and granted I know from all the things we just talked about Lamar in and out and all that kind of stuff uh there was two players of the game that I had 
One was Dylan, because if you look at his last two weeks, he went for 69 yards, nice, against the Rams, and 71 against the Bears. I am very, very intrigued by him going against a Baltimore team that is giving up 85 a game. How can he break through? But my MVP is going to be from the guy that I talked about previous, because when you have a hot hand, just like craps, you got to keep riding it. And I think it's Rasul Douglas. There is going to be a lame duck throw, regardless of whether it's Huntley or it's Lamar. And I think this dude is just going to freaking do it again. I I just until he cools down a degree, I am going to be on the Rasul Douglas train for life. Uh, And so it's. I think it's going to be a better game than you think, and there's probably going to be frustration, frustrating moments, but for the Packers to clinch, for the Packers to be considered a true playoff contender, even being banged up, this is a game you just go in, take care of business, and leave. So I hope it, I hope they do well. You that was our mantra last week. Goosebumps. Mm. That was our mantra last week. Go in, clock in, take care of business, clock out. Clock in, clock out. Yeah. Hey, when you look at this league, I mean, there are very few teams – a majority of them in the NFC this year that I am scared of in the playoffs. Yes, a regular season game, possibly they could catch us on our bad day, but in the playoffs, I, it's looking um, good, boys. Um, the NFC is the more challenging, the deeper. I mean, our seventh seed yes. is like the the Washington football team right now, so that doesn't count. But the rest are like, on a good day, they will beat you, or can beat you, I should say. But that that brings up an interesting comment because next week we have. The other opponent that the Ravens had last week in the Browns, which one mm. concerns you guys more and take their COVID factor from this week out of it? Just assume they have those guys back. Oh, Ravens scare me Ravens. more. Yeah. 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 Because the Ravens Coaching. have a defense. Coaching. The Browns mm. game's at home, which I'm a huge believer in the Lambo, the vi- Lambo vibes this year. I just think that, yeah, with this being the first true game of being without 80% of our normal offensive line, plus Kenny Clark plugging up that hole and at least containing Lamar to some extent, I I, yeah, I, I think this is Baltimore is the stronger of the two. Specifically with Lamar on the field, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I think, that's a, I think it's a great point because when we looked at how this season was going to end with Ravens, Browns, Vikings, it was kind of this mini run we were nervous about. And by all means, things could still fall off the bandwagon, but these teams do not look like the teams that we thought they would be. So maybe we're just catching them at the right time, like the chiefs uh, of uh, last year, or even the Seahawks of this year that QB ain't ready. So we'll take advantage of it. But until then, Enjoy your weekend, folks. Hopefully we can come back with a recap episode as Kings of the North again. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack. Go. Go.